Are you tired of ticket fees? Pay the price for your ticket that is advertised and not a penny more. Go to TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Fantastic prices on all sports and concert tickets. Guaranteed seats, no fees. TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Halitech Hall. Good morning, Mr. Halitech. How are you, sir? Good morning, Double A. Hey, we're celebrating a victory again. With the Bears are seven and six, their playoff hopes are still alive, and we witnessed probably their best game of the year, both on offense and, and defense, aside from the the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was uh, great to see. I'm just excited that this team has uh, some life. Um, I'm, I'm really not uh, buying into playoff scenarios. I'm not. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to pin my hopes uh, for this season on the playoffs. But it is true that we are technically still alive for the playoffs. Uh, I think that that's good for the Bears to have something to play for. Um, but in terms of what I want to see from the rest of this season, uh, I'm not going to freak out if they don't make the playoffs because they need a lot of help to make the playoffs still. Um, you know, even if they win out, even if they end up going 10 and six, it's still uh, a bit of a long shot and they need help. Um, so, you know, it's um, it, it I, I'm just happy to see this team sort of uh, show the promise that we had um, for them, you know, and, and some of the um, the things that we talked about in the off season, uh, the things that we wanted to, to see from this team, they showed a little bit. Um, I think that the biggest story to me of this game, other than Mitch is the fact that the defense uh, shorthanded really stepped up. And I think one of the probably storylines that won't be talked about this season is how this defense has stayed, you know, a top three in scoring uh, defense unit despite all the injuries and despite being sort of hung out to dry uh, by the offense quite a bit. So, um, you know, you, you've had uh, you had a lot of people step up. Kevin Pierre-Lewis, Kevin Tolliver, uh, Kwiatkowski continues to step up. Um, you know, uh, guys guys played well. Um, unfortunately, Rokon went out with the injury, uh, and that's a shame. But, um, you know, I, 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 we're playing meaningful football in December, and you put aside all the expectations of the beginning of the year. Um, and at the end of the day, the Bears playing meaningful football in December has not happened much in the last 10 years. So I think we as fans should just enjoy it. Um, 
and enjoy the fact that you know we can think about other things besides you know this this whole season and perhaps everything being this big train wreck like a lot of people want to do absolutely you know and the, the game didn't start off the way it ended for for any stretch of the imagination dallas received the opening kickoff and had a 17 play drive took up nine minutes on the clock Seven first downs and a touchdown. And obviously, the entire Bears nation is probably thinking, this is going to be a long night. But the Bears came back, and disappointment continued because Trubisky gets down in near the red zone. He throws an interception. Now, the defensive back made a great play. Uh, I don't know if Trubisky was trying to f- throw the ball away or not because he was behind Wims and way in front of, of uh, the, I think it was Robinson that was behind trailing in the end zone. Uh, the defender made a great play on the ball, and here we're thinking, oh, my God. But two straight three and outs by the defense. And after the first three and out, Trubisky came right back down the field, and, and we scored a touchdown. They had another three and out. We came right back down the field and scored again. So it was uh, now it's now it's a little exciting, and we're thinking, uh, hey, this could be this could be really something. Well, absolutely. It was, you know, and, and it was something. It was it was great to see the Bears uh, six play drive touchdown, seven play drive field goal, fourteen play drive touchdowns for you know 68 yard drive right before halftime they get the ball back to start the second half and uh 11 play 79 yard drive for a touchdown in in the meantime here's what dallas did after their touchdown drive that was just short of nine minutes 17 plays seven first down 75 yard three plays and a punt three plays and a punt so two three and outs they had a seven-play drive, but they missed the field goal, which kind of opened the door for the Bears right there. Uh, they had, uh, after the Bears scored right before half, they had a kneel down, so let's not even count that. Three plays and out, three plays and out, and then they had a nine-play touchdown drive to end the third quarter. And so in the meantime, the Bears had had staked themselves to a 24 to seven lead now it's 24 to 14 and with 13 and a half minutes to go in the game this turned out to be the play of the game For number 10, he's reading Demarcus Lawrence right here. He's going to get the kickout block. 23-yard touchdown, one by Trubisky uh, to cap off their scoring on the night. And, uh, you know, got to hand it to Mitch. You know, he accounted for all four scores, three touchdown passes and one run. You know, his quarterback rating was over 100. They held Dak Prescott to uh, a substandard night. Then, you know, yeah, he threw for over 300 yards, but 222 yards of Dallas Cowboys' total offense was in their last three drives in garbage time. 
Yeah, uh, you know, Mitch, uh, I think one of the things that happened is they saw the game uh, that Buffalo played against Dallas, and they saw, uh, Mitch saw what Josh Allen did, and I, I think they realized they could do the same thing to them. Um, you know, Dallas has a decent defense uh, up front, um, but their secondary is suspect. And, um, you know, I think the biggest biggest thing that um, <clears throat> I think that was a, what made this possible was the, the tight ends showing up. I mean, the, the huge uh, play by Holtz. Um, you had a really big play by um, Horstead. You had a really huge third down play by Patterson, um, which, you know, which really helped things. Um, they they were able to to exploit, um, you know, some similar things that Buffalo did uh, to Dallas. And what you've seen in Dallas is a team that when they get on the ropes, they don't respond well. And, and one of the things that I think was really impressive about uh, the Bears was, you know, you've seen Trubisky come out and do well on some scripted stuff um, in the past. Well, it hasn't really happened much this season. They've been terrible on their first drives. Um, this time they had a good first drive, and then I personally think that was a very bad pick. I don't think he was throwing it away. I think he straight up threw the ball into um, two guys on the sideline, and yes, the guy made a, bad, a good play, but that was a terrible throw. But what was impressive is that he came back from it. The defense gives up a long scoring drive. They come back from it. Um, you know, what it, I think this team has shown all year is a resiliency. Um, and they haven't turned on each other. They haven't folded the tents. They haven't gone into the tank. They've kept fighting uh, despite the fans booing them, despite uh, the radio uh, DJs calling for everybody's heads, despite Twitter, um, you know, freaking out and doing all these things. They, they've really stuck together, and that's a testament to the players, as a testament to Nagy um, as a coach. And, you know, I think that this game just showed you, okay, maybe it's really still in there. Maybe, maybe what we saw last year is still in there somewhere. Um, and, you know, from Mitch to, uh, to Miller, uh, the touchdown by Miller was, was fantastic. Uh, Mitch was making tight window throws. Um, he did it against zone. And, you know, he used his legs. Now, who knows why he hadn't used his legs prior to this. There's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, him not using his legs and where was this and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that he's he's using them. We're seeing him be comfortable. He came to the line. He was changing plays. You know, he was reading the defense. He looked like a real quarterback. Um, this game was better. I think this is his best game as a pro. You know, I, I the Tampa game people will talk about, uh, you know, that was nice. But honestly, that was so, somewhat fluky. This was like a real game where he faced adversity, made mistakes, came back from it, you know, um, drove the ball, they ran the ball, uh, he ran the ball, you know, he got key third downs, they were good on third down, and this is what you want to see. If this is the Mitch we could get consistently, this team can do a lot of things. You know, everybody can, didn't just stop with the Mahomes and the Watson crap. 
he just needs to be an efficient, real NFL quarterback who's capable of some special things at certain times. He's not going to be, you know, the MVP. He's not going to be, you know, any of that stuff. But all we need is a, is a functional, efficient quarterback that moves the ball, keeps the, keeps the defense off the field, and scores points. I mean, you need touchdowns. <laughs> if you know, we need 25 points a game, and we win most games. So that's that's kind of you know that's what's nice to see. It's just it's encouraging. Um, you know, I'm encouraged. <laughs> you know, and that's 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 a good place to be, especially where we were three weeks ago. Absolutely. We we talked about how dominant the Bears' defense was and. You know, we talked about, you know, going into this game, Dallas was, you know, one of the top, if not the top offensive teams in, in the league. They were, what, number one in passing, number three or number four in, in rushing. Uh, Dak Prescott threw for 334 yards, which sounds like a pretty decent game. 219 of those yards came in the fourth quarter in garbage time. Enough said. We're going to take a break to hear from our sponsor, TickSplits.com. And when we come back, uh, we have a new guest joining us for the first time on the Haltech Hall Show. Jacob Infante from the Witty City Gridiron will be joining us momentarily. We'll be right back after a word from TickSplits. So you're looking for great ticket deals. Who isn't? Well, TixBlitz.com has you covered. From the biggest sporting events to Broadway shows and concerts, TixBlitz.com has the best ticket selection at the very best prices out there and no service fees. So the price you see is the price you pay. Plus, TixBlitz.com donates up to 25% of their proceeds to charity. TixBlitz.com has the tickets you want when you want them. Go to T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com today. That's TixBlitz.com. Every ticket, every venue everywhere thank you ticksplits.com remember to shop ticksplits.com for all of your ticket needs sports concerts broadway music festivals and through our association with ticksplits use the promo code tailgate that's t-a-i-l-g-a-t-e save five percent on all your tickets and remember uh, TickSplits.com does not charge any service fees, so the, the money that you pay goes right towards your seat, which means you can get seats closer to the action for the same money you pay on our competitors. We are absolutely thrilled to have our next guest on the show, uh, Windy City Gridiron's Jacob Infante. Jacob, welcome to Halitech Hall. What's up? Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, about the Dallas game because it was probably the best uh, game the Bears played all year long. And, of course, it's Packer week. But before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you came from, how you became a Bears fan, your association with Windy City Griniron, and uh, anything else you want to talk about. All right. So I, I'll, I'll start with, I first became a Bears fan because I was born into it. Uh, my family's lineage with the Bears goes back to my great-grandpa. I'm going to be uh, now fourth-generation season ticket holder. So the uh, involvement with the Bears has been running for quite some time in my family, and I was 
I pretty much didn't have a choice. So I simply got into that when I was around five or six years old. Uh, I started writing for Windy City Gridiron about two years ago now. And I first got started there when I saw something on Twitter saying that they were hiring and Lester knew me from Lester Wiltfong, the boss there, the managing editor. Uh, he knew me from my work at other websites that I had been working for for roughly a year. And then I reached out to him and he brought me on board and I've been there ever since. And I've really enjoyed the platform to be able to talk about the Bears uh, to be able to talk about the NFL draft also, which is a passion of mine. I also write for DraftWire at USA Today. And those have been the two places that I've been putting out a lot of my content over the years. And I'm really grateful for the platforms that I have to be able to talk about the things I love. Perfect. When uh, so, let's talk about the Bears. Your your number one passion, best game by far. Uh, offense, defense, special teams. They really had it all going together well against Dallas. Tell us your uh, takeaways from the game. I definitely agree that this was easily one of the Bears' best games, if not their best this season. Uh, and a lot of that stemmed with the offense. We've seen a lot of offensive struggles throughout the years. And I think that Trubisky really stepped it up this week. He's coming off of two great games and has been, you know, progressively building up, up in recent weeks. And I think that this week he looked sharper in his decision-making. He was overall more accurate. He still made a handful of questionable throws, including that interception in the back end of the end. But overall, I think that Trubisky looked a lot sharper. The offensive play calling was consistently good, I believe. The run game was good, too. I think that the offensive line didn't get enough credit for their performance last week, especially against the run. Uh, they opened up some holes for David Montgomery, and Montgomery put up a good game. The receivers were able to consistently get open, and I I think that the offense played a huge role in their win, and I think the defense had a good game. They fell apart a little bit in garbage time, but they still did well enough early on that it didn't matter too much. Uh, obviously, losing Roquan is going to hurt, but I think Kevin Pierre-Lewis stepped up and played pretty well in his absence. And considering the fact that they didn't have Prince Mukamara in the secondary, Kevin Tolliver showed some flashes. And I say flashes, he wasn't very consistent, but he had a handful of good plays in the secondary and played pretty tight coverage at times and was able to at least limit Amari Cooper a bit. It was great to see. In fact, when Roquan, Roquan went down at the end of the, the Bears, uh, or the Cowboys' first drive, you know, you're, you've got a lot of chicken little bear fans out there thinking the sky is falling because they literally ran roughshod through the Bears' defense. It was a nine-minute drive, seven first downs. Uh, then the Bears came right back, and, of course, we had the interception. But then the Bears' defense, three and out. 
Trubisky came right back with a touchdown drive, and now it's tied. Another three and out. The Bears came right back down and kicked a field goal, and it's all of a sudden it's 10 to 7. And you could feel the momentum of the game shift. In fact, when you take a look at, at the Bears, uh, how they competed against Dallas, they spotted them a nine-minute advantage on time of possession, but ended up with a 32-and-a-half to 27-and-a-half edge in time of possession. They scored, uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys only ended up with 15 first downs uh, after that first drive, and 10 of those first downs were in garbage time in the fourth quarter. And uh, They had four first downs on each of their scoring drives and, a, and in a two uh, two first down drive that, that uh, ended at the beginning of the, their, their three scoring drives. So it was, uh, it was great to see. And last but not least, they, they held their, you know, they, they forced Dallas to be one dimensional in the passing game. And Dak Prescott, who was leading the league in passing, he, he ended up with 334 yards, but 219 of those 334 yards were in those last three drives in the fourth quarter during garbage time. So from the first drive of the first quarter all the way through the after Trubisky scored the, his 22-23 yard touchdown run, he only had 115 yards of passing for the entire game. And that was pretty impressive despite the fact they're down a Mukamara, they're down Akeem Hicks, they're down Roquan. Just an amazing performance by the defense. Yeah, I think you bring up some great points, uh, Mike, that, you know, uh, one of the things that I took away from this game is um, I think that pace deserves some credit. Uh, number one, for for the, the depth of this team, um, Cornelius Lucas has stepped in for Bobby Massey, and in some ways I think he's played better than Massey. Um you know, the right side doesn't look so so rough anymore. Uh, Coward has improved. Um, the depth on the defense, you know, has, has continued to save them. Uh, this defense, with the amount of injuries they've had this year, could definitely be um, far regressed from what they were, and they're not. Obviously, they're not getting the turnovers, uh, but we knew that. I mean, we knew that turnovers are fluky. And, you know, we probably were not going to repeat the amount of turnovers or the scoring that they did last year. But, you know, the the, the defense has stepped up. Nick Williams has emerged, you know, with um, Akeem Hicks being out. Um, you know, Bilal Nichols was out earlier in the season. Uh, you've, you know, you've had, you had a Mukamara out and Tolliver stepped up. Uh, Jacob just talked about Kevin Pierre-Lewis. You know, you can't. You can't say enough about how that guy played. I mean, everybody, you know, uh, only remembers, you know, his bad play against the Raiders, uh, which, you know, was obviously a questionable call anyway. But this guy stepped up huge um, against a team that has has one of the best running backs in the game, uh, one of the best young quarterbacks in the game, some of the best receivers. They've been putting up yards against everybody. And, you know, they they stepped up. Yeah, they got punched in the mouth in the first drive. Um, but they were resilient, uh, and they came back, and you know they've kept this Bears team in 
a situation where they could win every game this year. I mean, if the offense had gotten its crap together, um, you know, prior in this year, we'd probably be talking about a whole different record. But at the end of the day, you know, I think after this game, you're at least feeling some some sense of hope, um, you know, and some encouragement. Um, you know, we can, you know, talk about us uh, technically still being in the playoff picture. Um, you know, how much you want to get on board with that is what it is. But I feel like Bears fans should definitely come off of the ledge uh, and we don't need to be, um, you know, talking so much about uh, Nagy questionable as a coach, Pace questionable as a GM. Uh, certainly they've done things that are um, questionable and, and can be criticized, um, you know, and Mitch, um we were talking about this before you came on, but if, if this is, uh, you know, close to the guy that we're going to get on a consistent basis, Bears fans should be very happy with that. I mean, you know, he's he may not be an MVP candidate. He may not, you know, set the world on fire, ever be a top 10 quarterback, but this defense is not going anywhere. So if he can, you know, be an efficient, uh, productive NFL quarterback, uh, the, you know, we can do a lot of things. Hey Jacob, I, let me let me ask you this. Um, Packer week, you know, we've we've pretty much talked through the Dallas game. Uh, it's Packer week, and since you've been a fan since you were five years old, I've been a fan since I was five years old. I won't tell you how much older I am than you, but let's just <laughs> say that I remember I remember the uh, the two quarterback. Oh, okay, so. Is that Jacob saying that? No. Okay, that was that was Aaron. Okay, so we'll start over. He he can edit this out. So Jacob, the Dallas game was great, and now we got to build on both the Detroit game and the Dallas game, and they got ten days to rest up for Green Bay. Green Bay started off a little shaky. They got their act together. They were rolling, and then all of a sudden, even though they've continued to win, uh, they've been a little shaky, especially on offense, and we might be catching them at, at just the right time. Uh, so tell me about uh, your fandom in, in, in Packer Week. All right, so admittedly, I do not have the extensive history as a Bears fan for myself. Because I am, I'm, I'm still in college right now. So I haven't been around for very long and I didn't get to see the Bears Super Bowl appearances or anything like that. But I did get to see them in 2006, the first week of the season. I remember Devin Hester going off against them in his very first NFL game. And that was simply incredible. Even though I was young and I didn't fully understand, you know, the intricacies of the game like I do now, that was still impressive to watch just because of how explosive and athletic he was. I've, uh, and another memory that I have from Bears Packers is one I'd like to forget. I was there, I believe it was 2013 at Soldier Field, that last game of the season with the playoff appearance on the line with Aaron Rodgers, deep ball to Randall Cobb. 
that went past Chris Connie. Yeah, I that know exactly was, what you mean. Yeah, that was that was brutal because for most of my life the Packers have had the upper hand on the Bears, and that was basically just you know that whole rivalry summed up for me because. The Bears personally haven't been extremely competitive since I've gotten into football with the Packers. So that play, I want to say it didn't really surprise me because it made sense for Aaron Rodgers to come out of nowhere and put the dagger in the Bears season. But it still hurt. And I honestly just want this rivalry to turn the tides and shift some momentum a bit. And it looked like it was going to last year but who knows we'll see how things turn out you're absolutely right i i have to tell you uh jacob do you go do you prefer jacob or jake uh jacob okay uh the the two games that you just mentioned i was in attendance i was at both of those games really? uh i i have absolutely i have i have pictures of devin hester's punt return in that fourth quarter from the time he grabbed the ball all the way down, because I was sitting, I was sitting up in the club seats, which are um, indoor seats at Lambeau Field. They're relatively new, and I, I literally took pictures. I was behind him in the end zone and took pictures of that play all the way down the end zone. I got a couple of really good shots from that, and uh, I, I met Devin Hester at the uh, the Bears Centennial celebration oh, yeah. in, in Rosemont back in June. And uh, I told him that one of these days I'm going to get him those pictures. And he said, all I have to do is deliver them to Hallis Hall and they'll make sure they get to him. So, uh, and then that play that you mentioned uh, to, end the, to end the Bears season and, and get the Packers into the playoffs, just absolutely heartbreaking. And I believe on that drive, Aaron Rodgers converted on two, if not three, fourth down conversions. But I will tell you, my favorite game that I ever attended in the long history of of Bears-Packers, you weren't born yet, but it was 1980. The Bears Bears opened the season in Green Bay and lost in overtime, uh, and they had their rematch uh, the first Sunday in December and Vince Evans was the quarterback. Walter Payton, of course, was the running back. Uh, it was scoreless after the end of the first quarter, but the Bears rang up 61 points wow. in the most the most lopsided Bears game, Bears-Packers game in the history of the rivalry. Uh, Green Bay did score one touchdown, so the final score was 61 to seven. And uh, that was just an absolute party atmosphere of that game, even though. Both teams were uh, not playoff contenders in 1980. Man, I would I would love to be able to see a game with that much ex- offensive explosion in person. I got to see the uh, Bears-Buccaneers game last year, and that's the closest I'll, I might ever get to seeing that because yeah. even, you know, just putting up that much amount of points, that would be a lot of fun to watch. One of the most explosive uh, times that I I was also at this game, this was the Super Bowl year when, when the Bears were at home against the Washington Redskins, 
and they were trailing seven. I'm sorry, they were trailing seven to nothing. Uh, Washington kicked a field goal just as the second quarter began. Willie Gall took the, the opening or the kickoff, the ensuing kickoff, 99 yards for a touchdown, and the Bears proceeded to score 31 unanswered points. Wow! In in the second quarter to lead 31 to 10 at halftime, they scored two touchdowns in the second half to win that game, 45 to 10. Uh, and then of course later in the year they had the 44 to nothing shutout over Dallas down in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, I I wasn't at that game, but. Uh, uh, so all of the games you mentioned, I, I was uh, I was present for. So a lot of fun. I've been going to games literally since I was diapers back in the 60s. And uh, the only game I went to this year uh, was the first game of the year. In fact, Aaron was sitting with me when when they, the offense just absolutely had a nightmare of a performance and lost 10 to three to uh, to open this to open the season. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Uh... Mike, you, you know, you bring that up and it, it feels like it took uh, most of the season for us to shake that game off, um, you know, and and, you know, uh, everything that sort of uh, started in that game just uh, mushroomed into, you know, this uh, this funk that the Bears got themselves into. Um, you know, unfortunately, for the most part, uh, most of my adult life, uh, Bears Packers has has been a nightmare for the Bears. Um, but a couple games um, that I think are worth bringing up. One uh, is uh, September 10th, 2006 at Lambeau uh, when the Bears shut out the Packers 26 to nothing. Uh, Rex Grossman uh, threw a 49-yard touchdown to Bernard Berrien um, at the beginning of the game um, right off the bat. And uh, Brett Favre threw two interceptions. Uh, Peanut had one. Daniel Manning had one. Um, you had big games from Moosin Muhammad, Desmond Clark, um, you know, Thomas Jones had a, had a decent, uh, it was Thomas Jones and Cedric Benson sharing carries, um, had a, you know, had a good outing and, uh, Robbie gold kicked, uh, four field goals. Um, you know, so, uh, that was what started off the season, uh, in 2006. So, you know, if, uh, if, if Rex Grossman can go up to Lambeau, uh, and beat them, uh, I think that uh, Mitch Trubisky can, you know, and I'm hoping, um, you know, that that we that uh, what I want to what I hope with Mitch versus the Packers is he does keep his aggressiveness. You know, I don't want to see them throw the ball 50 times or anything like that. But I think what you saw in Dallas was a guy that was playing free, aggressive, um, you know, uh, confident and, you know, hopefully that keeps up, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them go deep early in the game, you know, take a shot. Um, you know, that, that would be awesome. I mean, you know, what a statement it would be to come out and, you know, hit, hit somebody long for, for a touchdown right off the bat. Um, you know, the, the Packers certainly, um, haven't, they're 10 and three, uh, but on our other show, the tailgate show, we had a Packer writer on last night and, and, you know, he was saying, uh, that the fans in Green Bay, uh, they don't feel great about this 10 and three. You know, when they lost to the 49ers, the fans were freaking out and calling for Rodgers to be traded and Lafleur to be fired. And you know, um, they're, they're not familiar with the brand of football that they're seeing right now. Um, 
but it, so you know that they're it's a strange place for them to be because I don't think they're a very confident ten and three. They feel like this uh, this team is not a Super Bowl contender, even though they are ten and three. Um, so you know I think this is a this is a game that the Bears have every reason to believe that they will be in and can win. What do you think, Jacob? I I agree with Aaron. I think that this can be a winnable game. Do I think that they will win? I'm not so sure. But I think that the Bears have every chance to at least compete in this game because you look at how the Packers have been playing in recent weeks, and they simply haven't lived up to how they were earlier in the year. Uh, They're coming off of a very narrow win against Washington. And then you take a look. They got creamed by San Francisco a few weeks ago. They beat the Giants uh, rather handily, but that's still the Giants. Uh, but the lost. Giants, the Giants hung around in that game. I mean, it, they, you know, they were, they were. It was a snowy game in New York. It wasn't, it was an ugly game. Uh, you know, the Packers pulled away late, and Daniel Jones made some mistakes. But, but the Giants were not. You know, uh, that game was closer than the score would indicate. I think. Yeah. Um, so you're right. I mean, the Packers, they're not. They're not as scary as they've been in the past. Now, as long as number 12 is is still playing for them, Bears fans have every uh, reason to be afraid. But, you know, he hasn't really been himself uh, in, in that way. The receivers, they don't have any receivers other than Devontae Adams that, that we should be super worried about. Um, you know, so so this, this is the kind of thing that, can be a statement for, for this team and for this quarterback, for Mitch. I agree with that. And I think that as long as Chicago's offense at least plays decent, they have a very good chance in this game. If we see the, the offense that we saw the last two weeks uh, from the Bears, uh, they, should, they should win this game. Their, their defense always plays Aaron Rodgers well. Aaron Rodgers seems to always end up with, uh, you know, a couple of deep passes. You know, the deep pass off the play action uh, in the second quarter of game one this year led to their only touchdown of the game, and he, he seems to always get those. Uh, it would be nice for the Bears to turn the, the tables on Green Bay, and, and you know, it's kind of like what Aaron talked about with Rex Grossman early on in the 2006 game. They were close to midfield uh, on the opening drive, play-action pass. He hit Bernard Berrien with a with a post pattern right between the eight and the zero at the goal line for an easy touchdown. And they got to take their shots, and I think they will this 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 time around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they've got you know they've got to run the ball. The uh, Green Bay defense. You know, they've been putting up a lot of sack stats, but they're really, um, you know, they're 13th ranked against score. They're they're uh, in the 21st range against the pass. Um, you know, I think they're like 17th against the run. But, you know, this is a team that is giving up yards and is giving up points. So, um, you know, hopefully we just roll up there and continue on this wave of confidence. And, um, you know, I think that this this Bears team has kind of been playing like they don't have anything to lose now for a little while. Um, and, and that's a good place for them to be. Um, you know, it, it, it they've kind of come out from the I, I mean, I think that they really 
once things started going south, they, they kind of crumbled under the pressure of the expectation of being in the Super Bowl and and the fans booing them and, you know, um, just the failure that they were having. And once they kind of got to a point where it was like nobody expected them to do anything, well, that's when they, you know, sort of came around and started playing more like they were capable of. Um, I... I Obviously, the you know the Bears' season is on the line, I suppose this this week. But if the Packers lose to the Bears, I mean, think about what that Packer fan base is going to do. I mean, they're going to lose it. Like it's it's going to be bad for them. So I would argue that that the pressure is on the Packers quite a bit too in this game. Even though you know if the Bears lose, essentially their playoff hopes are over. Um, but you know, you you could argue that the pressure I, I think is is just as heavily on the Packers. Um, you know, even without the rivalry, um, you know they they need to start stacking up quality wins uh, themselves if they're really gonna you know be considered to be uh, a team that's gonna compete in the playoffs. So Jacob, let's talk about playoff scenarios a little bit. If you you, I think you've done a little bit of research. The easiest scenario for the Bears to make the playoffs is Minnesota has to lose one of their next two games. The Rams have to lose two of their last three games, and that would that would mean the Rams would finish at nine, no better than nine and seven. And going into the last game of the year, Minnesota would be 10 and five. The Bears would be nine and six. And the winner of that game is the second playoff, uh, play the wild card team in the NFC. Yeah, and that's probably the easiest and most realistic scenario, even though the scenario is going to be a bit of a difficult one. Uh, you were right. The Rams hold the tiebreaker over the Bears. So no matter what, the Bears have to have a better record than the Rams in order to make the playoff, unless somehow the uh, Packers lose out, the Vikings lose all of their games except for their matchup against the Packers, and then the Bears win out, and then the Bears have the tiebreaker in the division, and then they get in first place in the division. In that case, it doesn't matter what record the Rams have, but... If we're talking a wild card situation, then the Rams have to lose at least two of their next three games. And they've got the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Cardinals. So 49ers should be a tough game for the Rams, but I'm not 100% sure they lose to the Cowboys simply because of how dysfunctional Dallas has been in recent weeks. And the Cardinals have shown flashes, but they're still a work in progress. So... The Bears have to rely on a lot to fall their way, and they have to win their own games. So uh, it's, it's still mathematically possible. And if the Rams lose this week against Dallas, then I think that at least that part of it has a shot. But then Minnesota is also going to have to lose this week against the Chargers, which, again, could potentially happen. That could be a possibility. So as of now, I don't think it's truly that realistic 
But if the Bears win this week and both the Rams and Vikings lose this week, then there could be a possibility that a chance opens up for the Bears. We'll have to see what happens this week. Yeah, I mean, we really yeah. needed we really needed Seattle <laughs> to not yeah. do what they did. I mean, I just uh, this league is so weird. Uh, the way that Seattle came out against the Rams was just so bizarre. Like I could never have predicted that in a million years that they would look that bad and the Rams would look that good. Um, it just, you know, this league is really a week to week league and you just kind of never know, you know, how matchups are going to shake out. Um, and you know, that was just, uh, that was just really tough, but yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it's, it's kind of a, it's hard to imagine Dallas beating the Rams, but at the same time, we've seen this Rams team, you know, be Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they 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 gave up 55 points to the Buccaneers at one point during this season, um, you know, and uh, so it, it crazier things could happen um, it, than the Rams losing to the Cowboys. I mean, I certainly wouldn't put any money on it, uh, but. You know that that could definitely happen. Um, you know it's uh, it, and we obviously need it to happen. Uh, you know the the 49ers um, obviously won a huge game against the Saints, but they they came out of that really injured. You know they lost their center. They lost uh, they lost Richard Sherman for a little while. Um, they had some other key injuries as well. So you know it's. Uh, it's not, I mean, crazier things have happened. You know, I've, I've mentioned in the past, you know, the nine and seven uh, Giants who won the division and with Eli Manning and the 25th ranked defense in football went on to win the Super Bowl against the Patriots, you know, so crazier things have happened. You know, by no means should Bears fans give up, but I think after the way that we all invested in this team thinking, you know, big big dreams and thinking Super Bowl, it, it's a little bit challenging to kind of ramp yourself back up uh, just because you don't want to get disappointed again. You brought up a great point, Jacob, earlier when we were talking scenarios about the possibility of the Packers Vikings and the Bears all finishing 10 and 6. There's an interesting codicil to, to that scenario. If the Rams also finish at 10 and 6, the Rams would own the tiebreaker over the Packers and the Vikings. So the Bears would end up winning the division. Rams would be the sixth seed, and both Green Bay and Minnesota go home for the holiday, for the for the playoffs. Yeah, and that's definitely possible. Uh, especially if LA manages to either win out or like lose one game. If they do lose a game and then they turn out to be 10 and six, then those two wild card spots would go to San Francisco and LA, and then both Minnesota and Green Bay would manage to miss the playoffs. Which, you know, obviously it's highly unlikely, but mathematically it's still possible. So. Packers has uh, Bears, Vikings, and Lions for the rest of the year. And while I do think they'll beat the Lions, both the Bears and Vikings will be tough games for them. So they're no guarantee to win the division necessarily because Minnesota's one game behind them. While, you know, making the playoffs is highly likely for them, you know, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily locks to come out of that division as first place. 
One of the, the key games here is is this weekend's game with Minnesota traveling out to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. And here's an interesting statistic. Dalvin Cook, if he's playing in a game on grass, the Minnesota Vikings have yet to win a game. Kirk Cousins has only won one game with the Vikings when they've been playing on grass. And the Chargers aren't a pushover. They've, you know, they're a lot like the Bears and and the, the you know, they've had some some iffy games, but they've had some good games. Their defense plays well. You've got to you've got to go. A Minnesota team has to go to Los Angeles in December, so uh, there's there could be heat could be a factor. So it could be a hell of a game this Sunday down in Los Angeles. Uh, and, you know, of course, the San Diego, I'm sorry, but I say that every time. It never fails. The Chargers, you know, have, have nothing to, to lose. And they could go out and play lights out and, and beat the Vikings. Totally. And, um, you know, the, the Chargers have the defense to do it. Um, Unfortunately, you know, the Chargers all year have just seems like been one score, one play, one drive away. Um, you know, that's another team that people, a lot of people talked about uh, being a Super Bowl contender that's really uh, underachieved. Obviously, they've had a lot of injuries in the Melvin Gordon holdout and whatnot. But, they, you know, they're capable of, of doing some things. They beat the Packers uh, in their stadium in L.A., um, you know, so maybe the Vikings uh, go out and party like apparently the Packers did and, um, you know, get themselves in trouble or Kirk Cousins um, gets gets uh, gets sacked five times by Joey Bosa. Uh, you know, I mean, it, literally anything can happen. I mean, I don't, you know, I neither the Packers nor the Vikings are world beaters. You know, we're not um, we're not looking at, you know, teams that, uh, can't be beaten by anybody left on their schedules. Um, it's just, it's frustrating, you know, to look back at the, you know, the games that, that, uh, even though we played not so great or whatever, there were just a little things, whether it's the kick in San Diego, or, I mean, I'm, again, I'm going to say San Diego forever too. Um, or the, um, you know, the, the, the finish of the Raiders game, uh, you know, we'd just be talking about a whole different scenario and wouldn't wouldn't need the help, wouldn't need, um, you know, all these kind of crazy scenarios to take place. But it is what it is. Uh, you know, I talked about when we opened the show, we're playing meaningful football in December, um, which is not something Bears fans can really often say of late. Um, and, you know, we have a team that I think we have a, a, a we should have a legitimate feeling that we have a chance to go up there and beat the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. That's another thing that we cannot say uh, very much over the past 10 years that that we really, you know, have had a team that, you know, should and can hang with with number 12 and uh, and the Packers. It's going to be a cold day Sunday, but the, the wind isn't going to be bad. It's it's going to be only 15 degrees for a high up in Green Bay this Sunday. Uh, it's a lot like the game that the Bears and Packers played in December in Chicago, although it was a few degrees warmer. Uh, so it's weather's not going to be a factor for that game. Uh, it's going to be fun. And like, like Aaron said, Jacob, 
you know, we're we're playing, you know, we're playing meaningful, meaningful games the, the last month of the season, and we can all sit back and honestly say that when the Bears started the season three and five, that we wouldn't be sitting where we're sitting today, uh, talking about playoff uh, scenarios with the Bears. Uh, it is good to see. Trubisky went up to Green Bay last year. They led that game for 55 minutes. Green Bay led that game for 45 seconds. So, you know, we've got the talent to, to beat Green Bay. We should have beat Green Bay in week one, starting with the very first play from scrimmage that, that should have gone for 20, 30 yards, but Cohen fumbled the the pitch out going to the left side because it was perfectly blocked. So, you know, it's, 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 it, there's a lot of ifs and buts going on with this season. Uh, you know, you could talk about last year, the bears were two plays away from, from only being 14 and two in, in a bye week and not having to play Philadelphia in, in the, the, the wild card round. So, you know, stuff happens. If they squeak in, you know, now it's a tournament and it's, it's winter go home and anything can happen. Several teams have throughout the years have been a wild card and, and made it to the Super Bowl and a couple have won the Super Bowl, including including the Packers back in, in 2010. So at least we're sitting here going, hey, you know, like Jim Carrey said, you're telling me there's a chance? And that's exactly what they've got. But it, you know, the buck stops this Sunday at noon up in Green Bay without a win uh, this Sunday. Their, their playoff dreams are all but gone. Jacob, I'm going to let you have the last word on our segment with you to, to, today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on board. Thank you for again for having me on. I've had a great time, and I appreciate having the chance to talk Bears with you guys. It's been a lot of fun. Hopefully we can have you on again. We, we, we do this show weekly, even the you know probably during the offseason as well. This is our first season doing Halitech Hall. And uh, Jacob, you know, you've got me on Twitter. You've got the show on Twitter. If you've got something that you want to talk about, feel free. You're always welcome to come on board. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll make sure to keep in touch over the offseason and hope I can come on a few more times. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks again. We'll be right back to close out the show after a word from our sponsor, TickSplits.com. Jacob, thanks a lot, man. No problem. Thanks, sir. I just heard my favorite band is in town. I'd love to get good seats, but everywhere I've looked, the ticket sites have crazy service fees. Haven't you heard of Tick Splits? Who? Tick Splits. They don't gouge you with crazy fees. The price they advertise is the price you pay, plus a small delivery fee. Never pay service fees again. Go to TIXBLITZ.com today. TickSplits.com. Guaranteed seats, low prices. That's TickSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Thank you, Tick Splits, again. TickSplits.com. Use promo code TAILGATE. All caps T-A-I-L-G-A-T-E. Save 5% on any ticket purchases at TickSplits.com. Uh, Jacob Infante, what an interesting guest, Aaron. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fans can uh, find him on Twitter at Jacob Infante, J-A-C-O-B-I-N-F-A-N-T-E-24. Uh, he also he does work for Windy City Gridiron and for The Draft Wire, which is at The Draft Wire on Twitter. Uh, so we definitely uh, appreciate him coming on. Um, pretty cool that he's, uh, uh, you know, been a Bears fan for as long as uh, he has, you know, um, that's the thing about this team. A uh, hundred years, you get uh, generations of fans. Um, so it's definitely in his blood. Uh, and, um, you know, we're, we're on the precipice of yet another game. Uh, that's part of, you know, the oldest, uh, one of the oldest rivalries in sports. The, the San Diego <laughs> Chargers. Yep. The, the Los God, you know, they're just the San Diego Chargers. I don't care. I'm never going to call them the Los Angeles Chargers. I, they, I refuse. They need. They need to. They need to go home. <laughs> they, they just need to go home. Yep. You know, they put up 45 points against Jacksonville last week. Yeah. All of their losses have been by seven points or less. They lost four games by seven points, three games by three points, mm-hmm. one game by only two points. Uh, and you know they beat Green Bay, didn't they? They did. You know they they beat Green Bay. They beat Chicago. There's no reason to think they can't beat uh, Minnesota. Absolutely. Uh, they should have beaten Detroit back in week two. They lost 13 to 10 mm-hmm. in in that game. So you know they lost to Houston by only seven points. They lost to Denver by only three points. They lost to the Steelers. Uh, by only seven points, uh, the Tennessee Titans, you know, who were probably going to make the playoffs, they only lost by three points. You know, they beat Green Bay by 15 points. They they lost to Oakland by two points. So you know, this is a team that you know who's going to show up when they show up, and so they're they're obviously, you know, this is not a sure thing for the Vikings going to Los Angeles. At least I said that right for one time. Uh, this is not a sure thing for Minnesota to go down there. So it, if they lose and the Packers lose on Sunday, that sets up a huge game in Minnesota uh, for for Packers, Vikings uh, yep. in, in week 16. So yep. that that's going to be an absolute crucial game. So Minnesota. So let's say Minnesota wins that game. Packers have now lost two straight these mm-hmm. last two games. They they have to play Detroit with a ton of weight on their shoulders, and I believe that game is in Detroit. I'm not sure. So the Bears the Bears are in Minnesota where they've proven that they can they can win. Uh, and if the Bears win and Detroit wins, the Bears win the division. How crazy does that sound when we were sitting here four weeks ago bemoaning the fact that we were three and five? Or four yeah, and five. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's ago. like I talked about with the Giants when they when they won the Super Bowl. That they were six and six, and then they ended up winning their division at nine and seven. And they went on a run. They got hot. I mean, you know, it happens. This happens happens in the league. Happens every year. And the Packers, when they won their Super Bowl, they were uh, they were a wild card team. You know, it's, it's it happens. You know, um, 
this team is still talented. Um, you know, it'd be nice if we stopped losing guys to injury, but uh, there are there's definitely crazier things um, that have happened and will continue to happen uh, in this league. So, you know, I'm like I said, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I that I'm gonna predict that, but I think the Bears. Our, I predicted on the tailgate show it was a little bit probably, uh, uh, you know, bold, but but I have a weird feeling about this game that it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, I picked the, the Bears to win this game uh, 38 to 33, um, which probably makes no sense. But I just have this weird feeling that um, that I think, you know, it's going to be one of those games. And I think uh, Mitch is going to continue to to do what he's been doing. Um, and at the end of the day, like we, even though Bears fans love to to talk about the sky falling and and uh, you know um, kind of sometimes seem to almost revel in the in the team um, you know being bad again uh, because they're just used to it. Um, it's a much better case scenario if if Mitch pans out. Um, you know, we, we want Nagy to be good. We want Mitch to be good. We want things to keep going in the right direction. We want this team to continue to be a perennial contender. You know, we, we don't want to have to rebuild this. We don't want to have to spend a bunch of money on some veteran quarterback. They have no idea what he's going to do. Um, you know, so it's, uh, it, it just works out better for everybody. If, if this thing keeps just going, you know, despite the way this season has gone. Just glad that uh, the Bears did turn around this season. Uh, it's not over yet. There's you know, many miles to go in these last three games. But uh, if the Bears can continue to play uh, offensively the way that they have played over the last few weeks, uh, there's no reason to think that they can't go to Green Bay and win. There's no reason to think that with the defense they have, and with the poorest defense that we've seen from Kansas City and the fact that that uh, this guy that everybody raves about over the last couple of years by the name of Mahomes has really had a subpar year compared to the all-world year he had last season. He's never quite been the same since he came back from that dislocated kneecap. So that's that sets him up at, at nine and six going into Minnesota, and if uh, if the chips fall the right way, uh, we might be we might we might actually see the Bears Vikings game on Sunday night in prime time uh, because it's, it, that would be a win or go home game for either team and uh, the, the last team in to the NFC playoff round. Right. Right. Um... Yeah, I mean, let's you know, uh, let's have some fun. I mean, this game, this, this season has has felt long at times and has felt um, mostly frustrating at times. But you know, I'm at the point where you know, I just I want to. The last three weeks have been fun. Let's just keep having fun, you know. And I think that's where the team's at is you know, winning is fun. You know, let's let's just keep going. Let's stack them up. You know, it sounds cliche or whatever, but they're gonna try to go one and zero again this week. And um, you know, it, after they win this game, 
who's to say what what's what their ceiling is you know i mean to go up to lambo and win this game their confidence is going to be untouchable yeah you're absolutely right so, so the, the three biggest keys uh, to this week is we have to be a cowboy fan we have to be a chargers fan and of course we're always and forever will be a bears fan that right. wraps up our show for for this week we run uh, Aaron, as always, thank you for being completely awesome as a co-host and a producer. Uh, Jacob Infante from Windy City Gridiron, it was absolutely amazing to have you on the show. And last but not least, thanks again to our sponsor, TickSplits.com. They have provided uh, tickets for all the Bears home games, or at least most of the Bears home games this year to either Uh, be given away on this show and on the tailgate show. So with that, Aaron, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully next Wednesday, we're talking about another Bears victory. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate you.